What's really going on, everybody? Back again with another episode. This is season three, episode 11 of the What's Really Going On podcast. As always, joined by Mackenzie and Henry. But before we get into all the latest news, be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms. That includes Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at WRGOPod. Be sure to like, listen, subscribe, and share on your favorite streaming platform. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and YouTube, where our numbers are going brolic for the year. Mackenzie and Henry, how are you guys? Doing well. Doing well. How are you guys? Swell, Henry. Oh, stressed. <laughs> keeping it real. Keeping it Care real. Care to share? Do you want this to be a mental health episode podcast? We can always make a pivot. Mm-hmm. Look, Do an advice I, column. There. <laughs> we can receive direct feedback from listeners. We can <laughs> assess. Y'all are funny. Uh, no, I'm good, man. You know, life just happens. And, you know, I'm a hustler. I'm a fighter. I keep going. So, yeah. Mm, caption that. I'm a hustler. I like that. For our audio listeners, once again, Henry and I are in our usual work from home attire and Mackenzie is here like she's about to do a board presentation. So once again, showing us up for the audio listeners. So we will get into the news um, to be a little bit of a quick episode. So uh, let's talk about what happened this weekend with abortion under attack once again. So last week, a district judge in Texas suspended the FDA's approval of mifepristone, which is a drug used to provide more than half of the U.S. abortions. Uh, The FDA first approved the drug actually in the year 2000. So despite the controversy surrounding the drug, uh, patient death rates for mifepristone are actually lower than Tylenol penicillin and viagra so the texas judge revoked the medication uh, with his decision full of false statements about abortion um, medication and the risks of mifepristone so access to the drug remains unchanged for now uh, but a washington judge ruling that the fda should not block its uh, its availability makes it all but certain that the supreme court will be will have to decide um, medical abortion Um, i don't really know how to talk about this anymore because i think this is a this is this is a big cluster. Um, Mackenzie, what say you about this issue that came up this weekend? I mean, I guess it's kind of like there isn't. It's the same thing, just in a different way. Like they're still been trying to um, take control of women's bodies, and in this situation, that like if it wasn't clear, as you said, the FDA approved this a long time ago. It is safe. They're just trying to take more control. But if they do go to the Supreme Court, which definitely sounds about right, because it doesn't make sense. It's been approved already, so it doesn't even make sense for it to be up in the air like this again. Um, but if they do take it to the Supreme Court, it's probably going to be banned just based off of what we already know mm. now. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than what we already knew before, I mean, the only thing I guess that could be different is an upcoming election and maybe the new president or whatever might be able to change something if the Supreme Court, if it does go to the Supreme Court at that point. But yeah, I feel like it's the same thing, like talking to a brick wall at this point. And I really don't understand, like, excuse me while I rub my, uh, my bad. It's itching allergy season, Georgia in the pollen. Nonetheless, I don't necessarily understand the overarching agenda with like majority Southern states actively taking like from the time constraints to the medications available to like selling plan B or even selling condoms. Like people are taking severe extreme acts like 
overtly fighting women's rights pertaining to abortions and pregnancies. So like but condoms is crazy though. Like condoms is like that's did, safe sex. Like that's that's also bro, like like on some for real, bro. Like I'm not even trying to be funny. No, it's real. <laughs> I work in retail marketing. Let's say one of the stores that I we've had to recently inventory and condoms maybe was on like a keyword list. Condoms haven't been shipped to this store in like months. <laughs> and that's like why, you know what I'm saying? And then I would just me being me, if I was to want to take that and analyze it on um just like uh just scope perspective, I would presume it adds into a bigger issue. And let me say that my thoughts are my own. If you were to Google me and find my LinkedIn, which I pray to God you don't, I've my thoughts are my own. <laughs> Um, and what I'm saying is not representative of a company or uh entity in which I may or may not work for. Look at that which media it, training. That's that's <laughs> growth. <laughs> I've always been pretty keen on what I say in this here podcast. Okay. Anyway, exactly. back to like literally we're talking about abortion rights as you guys sit here shot it near my I thought there was a comma, not a period. I didn't know that was a call and response. Okay. Anywho, um the one thing that I'm thinking about involving this is like um and I think both of you all said it, like when does it stop? And there's gonna keep being like a Okay, first it was like you actually going into a clinic and getting an abortion. Now it's going to be an attack on abortion medication. When does it just reach to the point where it's like basic contraception? And to Henry mentioned condoms, like when is the stopping point? And I think it's just like it just grows more and more offensive at this point where like if you read the ruling, the Supreme Court during the abortion decision was basically like we want this to be decided by the states. Okay, so now the states are actively deciding it by themselves and now you're saying well we want to go a step further so now you're just you're basically caught out in your lie that you don't really care about any of that you're just crafting whatever argument you feel is good enough to like pass somebody's smell test and at a certain point it's just going to be like they just don't care so i don't know like what conversation needs to happen or like what can even be done about it because it always seems like um and i don't know who mentioned it but like even if they bring up a law what's to stop the Supreme Court from saying that the law is unconstitutional. It's like, there's a bunch of different like points that they can just be like, well, that, well, you can't do that. And we're going to hold this up in the court. So this won't go through. And by the time it actually goes through a new, a new president's going to be in there. So it's like, I think there needs to be like a broader conversation about like the Supreme Court and like the court system where like, I think too often we act like the court system is like this like super equal fair thing when it's like it's as politicized as anything else now. And we just need to treat it like another actor that's just like, yeah, they're going to do what they want. So now, like, either we don't need to listen to them or like we need to figure out something else because they're just not playing the game fair. And you're you're taking the words out of my mouth here. Like, I feel like. Again, to my bigger point, like what's the bigger agenda on women's rights and pretend to like pregnancy? We clearly have seen, like, especially in recent rulings, where the Supreme Court lies on here. And like you said, like it's highly politicizing. I think we know that the Republican Party actively have went 
after judicial seats over the past, I don't like Cornell West wrote a book about this a couple mm-hmm. years yep. ago. Multiple people have written multiple books about this. And I guess it's I'm seeing it come to life. And it's irking or irritating seemingly because the party that is to protect the people, whatever, they they're not actively fighting for abortion rights. They're kind of like reacting. And that's what's irritating to me. And Mackenzie, one thing I wanted to ask you, because this is something that I have kind of been thinking about. Um, I know like when it when the abortion decision first came out, you were kind of the one saying of like, well, what happens to the people who are now in a place where they can't get access to like a physical abortion? If then for some reason people don't have also access to the abortion pill, wouldn't that also just make it seemed like the then it just gets like a lot more unsafe, right? Where it's oh, like yeah, sure, people sure. are still going to try to do what they want to do, but then it's just a matter of like, can you explain that? Because I think people yeah. don't actively like think about that. Yeah, because it's just like at a point, well, but even even before the abortion, so the abortion pill is gone and you have like a, a teen girl or mm-hmm. someone who is probably in a low income neighborhood, which, and what I do think about in all of these situations is that how are they going to affect black and brown women? Because that's mm-hmm. always, any way you flip it, switch it or whatever, it's always going to fall ha- harder on women who look like me. So when I think about this stuff, like if there's a person or a young girl who, you know, mom might not be there, um, no real actual guardian there or a person who can really walk her through those steps, she might take it into her own hands. And there's plenty of times girls go in the hood and be like, oh, here's this, this will get rid of the baby. Or even when I think about stuff like when girls go and get those BBO shots before that they were safe or whatever, and they were taking things into their own hands and just going to somebody that said that they can do it safely. And then that stuff isn't safe. So it's like, it's those type of things that we really need to think about. But I mean, we think about it, but it's just not a priority for the people who are making the decisions for real. Yeah. And I think even like to expand on that point, and I'm curious your thoughts, Mackenzie, but like, I think it's often like people don't think about just how wide ranging like it is just in terms of like also like a socioeconomic perspective. Like you could be someone who doesn't have two parents in the home. You could be also someone who's in the same position if you do have two parents in the home, middle class, like this at a certain point, the more barriers you put, it impacts everyone equally. Like if you can't get a pill and if it's not available in your state it doesn't matter what your socioeconomic status is because then if you have to go to what another country or halfway across the country like like, what are you (laughs) i I think at a certain point people don't understand that like it's just going to impact everybody yeah um i don't know (laughs) i don't know what to make of this anymore um another thing i don't know what to make of um so last week uh, we put this up on our tiktok um, State Representative Justin Jones was reinstated by the Nashville City Council. Henry sent that this morning um, to the state legislature after being expelled for leading a protest on gun control following a mass shooting involving um, six people uh, died, including three children. Um, before I'm curious what your all thoughts about this, but I think the one thing that has frustrated me about this is that um, the media has focused more on him being expelled as opposed to the reason why he was being expelled and what caused him to lead the protest that like three young kids died. I don't think we talk about the fact that like that happened, but um, 
what do you all think of this? I think this is just a mess. I can't believe this happened. Like, I really, like, because of what he was protesting, it's like, how do you expel somebody for that? And I'll say this almost, like, respectfully, because it's like, I thought just genuinely before, and, like, to your point, like, all I saw was ex he was about to get expelled, not knowing for what. I just assumed it was, like, a Black Lives Matter protest, like, very, mm -hmm. like, super pro-black that's what i thought he was going to get arrested for but then i was like and all of these shootings that like happen every day like i mean i feel like we say this every year it's so many shootings but i just feel like oh my goodness like we, it's it's been a frenzy these last few weeks and he's protesting gun violence in a shooting that happened in the state and that's a problem enough to be expelled and kicked out really where are we what's going on yeah, and kid died. Kid <laughs> right. died. Like that's crazy to me. But yeah, that's those are my thoughts. And Henry, considering that this happened in Tennessee, the one thing that I want to ask you, since you live in Georgia, um, which is certainly a gun friendly state, do you feel like people eventually? Do you feel like people in Georgia have made a pivot, or are they still just kind of like at the same point of like, well, I'm a responsible gun owner. It doesn't matter about the rest or right, I'm wondering because irresponsible they feel like I need my strap is what is it I, w I got my money and I need it now I got my strap and I'm gonna have it now like that's how you are not taking and that's what like is irritating if I'm in for real like I I grew up in the south I'm from Georgia but I became an adult like I like I've seen my life in three phases I stayed in Washington DC longer than the three places I grew up in, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. So, like, yeah. my realistic views of how things should be or whatever were formed in a liberal placing setting, which in case I come at the Georgians like, damn, y'all niggas working havoc. Like, whoa. Like, you can guarantee, like, if I'm being honest, like, we know that Henry can sometimes be erratic with responses. I think I've shared this on a podcast before. I've had to very much consciously, and I mean, I guess that's a part of growing up and controlling your emotions too, but like, just be aware of how or when you respond, because if you respond to somebody that got too much pride and want to prove themselves, you might get shot. You got you respond to actually defending yourself and you can't pull the two life fast enough, you might get shot. So like and I'm around majority black people. Imagine racial conditions and all of this other stuff around it. It just makes me even more uncomfortable. I am a genuine believer, and I'm pretty sure statistics would defend the statement that guns nine times out of ten escalate a situation, never derails it. So, yeah, I'm. Mm, they're not giving them them guns, bro. I mean, but it's so much bigger than. I mean, I know, I know what you're saying. I don't they're think not that thinking like how we're. Yeah. At the, the, but I'm not even talking about why that. he was protesting. We see their response. They kicked him out, <laughs> like a southern response. And let's just say he only maybe is even being reinstated because of propaganda. You know what I'm saying? It's not because they genuinely seen that they did something wrong. Well, we'll have to wait and see for the next 
Because then he definitely said, who has, what was it, uh, the representative? He said, well, let's just kick him out. And then when he comes back in, we'll deal with him. So now you're going to have to deal with him again. Yeah, I just think we're just, once again, we're in the same place of like, when is enough enough? <laughs> and if this just keeps happening, when is like someone just going to be like, yeah, I'm a responsible gun owner, but that doesn't matter at that point. Like it only literally takes one person. It's like the same thing of like drunk driving. You can be the best driver in the world, but your shit can get flattened because one person is driving drunk. And I think like we need to start thinking about gun violence in the same way of like, yeah, if on a Saturday night, I'm, I know in New York, they have this a lot in DC and from Atlanta, like they have checkpoints. Like why, like why, why have we not adjusted and just said like, yeah, at a certain point, there are all these crazy people with guns. We should probably do something before it impacts everyone, even the responsible people, because at a certain point, it doesn't matter. Um, I don't know. It is. Um, You're already there. A friend told me this in relation to just life earlier today. Them folks not worried about nobody but their mother self. So if we take that logic and apply it to the grand scheme of this situation, the gun owners, nine times out of ten, are they're not concerned about the little kid getting shot at school. But the, the way store, I look, I mean, no, go ahead. The way I look at it is like not even, isn't it? I think the the look shit. I just can't believe he got expelled for protesting that though. Like that's what I'm just like. If I'm a responsible, if I'm a responsible gun owner, I can acknowledge what happens to out these tragedies is terrible. You have the right to protest that. But that's where, because they be so like America, the constitution says that, you know, I have the right to defend myself. But like the constitution is freedom of speech. And I feel like his protesting should have been freedom of speech to protest this. Where did he protest that? He protested it in the streets. But that's what, that's and where I stand. I'm, I'm being like, uh, I'm purposely. It was outside like a real protest. In this moment, Mackenzie. More so to create like a like rhetorical thinking, mm -hmm. like here, like they're going to in any which way the powers that may be are going to protect their values and morals. You realize that, right? But I agree I, with I that, but then saying, but I don't see yeah. how how he threatened the how I'm protesting. Aren't you? A, that. You're a representative, or rather, here's what I would do. I think at a certain I think at a certain point you have to catch people in their bold face bullshit hypocrisy. At a certain point, you need to say, Y'all are protecting the Second Amendment so much that y'all have violated my First Amendment rights. And I thought y'all were the Constitution Party. Like, okay, what are we really doing here? So we're gonna protect this right, but I can't freely exercise my right to free speech. So I get kicked out. Make that make sense. I thought y'all and then it's like doing things like that, I think can just it might not move the needle, but I think at a certain point we have to call a spade a spade. Like, whereas I would, I would get up there the first thing and say, okay, so I'm getting thrown out for my first amendment, right? People had people help people assault the Capitol. Dang, get thrown out. What, what's up with that? At a certain so, point, like, I think you just need to start just calling bullshit out. Cause I think we too often like play this game of like trying to assess it within what we think politics should be. And it's like, they're expelling people for having a protest. The normal rules of politics are just gone. And we just need right. to like get hip to that and fight back or just start playing a different game because they're not thinking about this ration. So I, I think you just said two big points that we can push. But for me, I would 
I would assess this as like one, like, yeah, you can try to like fight fire with fire. However, if you are not the bigger entity at play that can put the money, resources, time, effort, etc., into pushing this through, the likelihood of you actually getting change is slim to none. Also, I would say being that we do stay in a digital age in the realm of social media, if you're able to like champion a campaign, so to speak, an issue and allow some type of bandwidth or momentum to come under it, I definitely think the outside pressure is how like Black Twitter has bullied or whatever. They likely are what's going to hold these parties accountable and why certain things happen or like we see the changes or that's not right. Because like, I personally feel like a lot of this stuff that we're leaving up to the courts are now in terms of how it's being like perpetrated, meaning like how society deals with it. We, the people are more so like actually facilitating what happens versus like the court. To Mackenzie's point earlier, a young woman who may not have the resources to go get an abortion, she knows that she lives in a climate where she can inevitably get that abortion with or without the state support, right? So that's where I personally get like <clears throat> with these issues because unless somebody genuinely takes like real like to Noah's point fighting fire with fire if this if he does if he want to stop talking about this never brings it back up then there's no real effort energy efficiency behind this issue of even why you were protesting in the first place you know what I'm saying yeah I just think at a certain point I think we just need to think of something different like um the one thing that I think it's like I always think of like, what thing do I think needs to be done? I would love to hear the story of someone who lost their child to gun violence, who is a gun owner, who's like, this shit is ridiculous. Like, I think there are different stories that need to be told. There are different ways that people need to communicate this. Business owners should say, hey, having mass shootings impacts my business or my store got shot up and people don't want to come here anymore. Like there is a human cost to all of this that I think. I think we just read the number on the screen of nine of, you know, three, nine-year-old children. Those people's parents deserve to have their say and like be heard. I don't think we often think about like how mass shootings are actually impacting people's lives. We just see it as a number. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's just a storytelling thing or more money, but I think there's, who knows, not like anything will change, but um, on to the big fact. Um, we're a little bit late, but I think we just wanted to talk about this. Obviously, this has to do with um, Angel Reese um, and her LSU team that won uh, the national championship and kind of the ridiculous response to her kind of giving out what was given to her um, by Caitlin Clark and the Iowa basketball team. Um, Jill Biden kind of made a mess of it by saying that she wanted to invite both teams um, to the White House. Um I feel like I'm kind of the most uh, interested in sports of this. I've listened to a lot of podcasts and stuff where I think a lot of um, well-known podcasts and TV shows spent more time talking about the loser than the winner. Um, what are your all's thoughts um, before I say my piece? But um, curious your response to kind of Angel Reese, the criticism about her, kind of the overall conversation about the game, about what was said, what was done. 
curious. Um, yeah, I didn't really see anything wrong with it. Like, I'm not, I'm definitely not into sports. I did watch the game though. Um, it was so great. Uh, yeah, it was a great game. Great game. Yeah, I didn't really see like I'm like y'all are dragging it obviously due to racism because like mm -hmm. it was not it was not that serious at all. Really um, was. but then Jill, Miss Jill, when she invited both teams, yeah, I was just like that was ridiculous. And I think like what needs to be clear is that when people don't get it, because it's just like why y'all always want to be nice to win to the little white girls and i hate to be on that but that's how it felt and when yeah, angel, felt. Yeah. when angel said that it's like we work so hard to get here and then now it's like everybody can come because y'all want to like in my head when stuff like that happens to me it's just kind of like you all want to just lower the the winning the poll so everybody can be fair now everybody's equal and it's not a serious thing or whatever but then like she said if they would have lost it probably wouldn't have been a thought to like include everyone. And no that way. Means, I hope Jill got got it together. <laughs> Henry. Um, I mean, I think it just reads this event just brings some of the things that I have said on the podcast tonight, like bigger entities protecting their morals, values, and interests. That's all that was here. Um YT protecting YT. And that's literally what it is. It is just annoying because, again, me as a minority black man, who looking out for me besides me and my mama? Mm -hmm. Um, But what I will say is the girl <laughs> was on, I saw a clip, she was on one of them sports channels, and um, she did say, like, uh, yeah, she, you know, people shouldn't have been coming at her angel yeah. like that. Um. Which I was happy to see. I mean, it was a PR response, but she was on the right side. Yeah, um, I think she just got it of like, you dish it out and yeah. you better win because if not, you're going to get it back. Like it's the, it's literally like that type of thing where I think, um, no, huh? go ahead, Eric, what were you going to say? You in sports, right? I this see. ain't for like high school, literally, you, this is college D1 athletes. They know what smack talking is. I would man. agree. I mean, the, but to Kenzie's point, that's why I like what the white girl said. She was just like, yeah, like that, this stuff happens. And I think like, I think well, there no, are a bunch I guess of things. That's why I'm just like more flabbergasted at the point that Jill is like, yeah, I think both can come. I think, um, I think a lot of this has to do obviously with the fact that Angel Reese and all of the, the LSU players were black. Um, but I also have to think this has to do because they were simply women. And I think people didn't like honestly seeing a woman who was confident. And that that type of stuff happens in the men's game every yeah, two minutes. That's why I was if so you go shocked. to a men's game, you will see that happen a thousand times. But when and it's a woman, it's a Kobe. different. Oh, go right. ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm saying it's a different Kobe, standard. But like, yeah, rest in peace to Kobe. But Kobe used to do that. Like, that's why I was just like, what is happening right now? But yeah, yeah, I mean, like there are, we all went to Howard. I've heard worse things said at a Howard basketball game <laughs> from somebody who never played in their life than what happened there. I've been to LA Fitness and I've had worse things said to me than someone just doing a simple hand gesture. I literally Max, once- uh, Clarity point though, wasn't please. that the first time in the franchise, the program's- history or something that they got that far yeah it was the first time they won um but i think even even 
even on a broader note where I think it's kind of like y'all hate black people and y'all specifically just like hate black women and you often go about these steps to just like diminish things that are actually for the good i've never seen as many people check into a women's basketball game than that day and it was a great game it was fun that was a great moment for women's college athletics where people were like this is amazing angel reese is going to be back next year the white girl from caitlin clark she's going to be back next year this is amazing and then it turns into like, why can't we just say like, let's just celebrate this and that women are finally getting their due for athletics outside of just kind of like, oh, it's a sake of comp. Like this is actual competition at its highest. And that should have been a moment that was celebrated. And it was the highest rated game ever. But we don't talk about that because people want to be like, oh, well, you know, we got to just appreciate. So it's like we that could have been a really great moment to celebrate. Um and I think they just ruined it by having the conversation because for Mackenzie to watch, that says something. That says that something piqued her interest for her to do it. But that's like the good thing about it. I'm serious. That's, that's, all, that's all good, though. But I was telling my friend, I was like, that's all good. But, you know, I know that they're college athletes and, you know, they don't have a complete salary yet. But I hope that translates into like the WNBA and making mm-hmm. sure Same. women are being paid. I was going to say. Too. I was going What'd you say? I was going to mention or softly mention or ask or whatever. It seems like women's sports mm-hmm. overall are getting more attention and sponsorships and brand deals. But not money. Yeah, that's the problem. The, soccer, the, soccer, the brand deals and sponsorships and stuff. No. No, I'm talking about for I'm talking specifically about the women's soccer team because they've won so many times. I don't even know if the US soccer team men's soccer team. Never, never. Won. Nothing. And they are paid like not even close yeah. to. Them. They just got a deal where they're paid equal. Um, oh yeah, but yeah, that yeah. but that took like years. Yeah. Um, but to your point, like um, women's sports are no different than men's sports. And I hope I I mean the funny thing is like if you wanted to go to a Nick game, it costs you a shit ton of money. But if you want to go to a Mystics game, you can do that easily. Or um, not Mystics, um, Liberty, a New York Liberty game. Um, so I hope that more people it's actually. It's a New York Liberty game. They're I fun. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. So I hope that more. A lot of people there. Yeah. So I hope there. I hope that the affordability actually makes more people want to go, not just because it's affordable, but because it's an equal product. And having people like Angel Reese, who are actually like marketable people who are black, who are unapologetically them, um, speaks to it. Um, so, yeah, Jill Biden, you wild. Um, one thing that I wanted to flag and kind of a heads up. Um, so Brandon Johnson, who is a county commissioner and a former teachers organizer, was uh, elected mayor of Chicago last week. Um, so a key issue over the race uh, was crime, which Chicago and Democratic candidates have struggled to address. Um, curious your thoughts about this. But one thing that I wanted to kind of think about was I thought about um, the person who he's replacing, Lori Lightfoot. And then I kind of thought about kind of this trend of how we get really excited over these Black mayors, the ones off the top of my head, Mario Bowser, Keisha Lance Bottoms, Eric Lori Lightfoot. Yeah, Eric Adams, Lori Lightfoot. And we like are so happy to have their like representation, but then when they get in office, they're crap. <laughs> so um, I told the niggas, I told the yeah. niggas, you can't get every black person they flout just because they black. Representation matters though, guys. I mean, did he, um, oh, I don't even want to get into this. Didn't he run on like super defund the police? Yeah, he did. Um, he ran basically on saying like um, everyone else, all the other candidates were like, yeah, we need to put more police on the streets. And he's like, that actually is not going to solve the problem. <laughs> like 
if we're actually serious about solving crime, we have to do it like before the crime is committed, not during, because then we're just repeating a cycle. Um, So I think a lot of people and Chicago has its own bad history of police brutality. That is a long decades long thing. Um, But I just think it's interesting where I think in the way he talks about things, Brandon Johnson, I think it's actually different than the way like all of these other black mayors have talked about things and then they get into office and they don't do anything about affordable housing, police, education, right? I think he actually gets it. Um, but TBD, because I'm sure we've said that before and people have burned yeah. us. But. Well, what I will say is that we're going to see the good American experiment of like, I do feel like, just know the idea of that, okay, well, mm-hmm. if you want to try these new things, let's try them do out it. with this mayor and see mm-hmm. if they don't have, if they do work. I mean, I for having... I do believe in that idea, stopping the crime before it happens. But how do you do that? And we've yeah. been doing the same thing, you know, putting more cops on the street. And I guess it it might make it feel safe, but then it also might feel like I'm in prison. So it's just like what you're really trying to create. So, I mean, more power to Chicago. But that's all I'm going to say. There it is. And the last thing we have on this doc wanted to get. Oh, uh, wait, wait, wait. Before uh, we yes. Start. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I want to tell y'all a fun fact. Guess who was walking behind me in Times Square? I was just leaving 1001. It was a great movie, by the way. Mayor Eric Adams directly behind me. I was like, who's coming out of this building? And then I didn't even see anybody. And then I looked behind. I was like, oh my gosh. It's Eric Adams. I should have questions for you. But then I got you should. Killed. You you should have said, hey, I'm a constituent. <laughs> then he walked by and I was like, you know what? I got this. What you going to do about these rent prices? Here. I'll Bro. catch you next time, man. Because you actually be in these streets, apparently. So. He does. He does. He actually do be moving through Brooklyn like he used to live there. Hey. <laughs> but no, hey, I'm not happy with you. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing that we wanted to talk about and get uh, our Atlanta natives perspective on. Uh, once again, Hulu is leading the charge in the fastest documentary uh, production in history. Their next uh, documentary is going to be allegedly about- because if Hulu listens to this, what's really going on has nothing to do. We do not know how long, how much time, how much thoroughness you put into this documentary. It was I was no th- that wasn't I mean, even a criticism. PR thing. What, what was that? <laughs> Are you working with? You giving them free time? I'm convinced. Anywho, Hulu uh, is uh, coming out with a documentary on Freaknik. Um, the one thing that I think is very interesting, and Henry, I'll pivot to you. I don't think people actually know what happened <laughs> at Freaknik. I think that's the really interesting thing. So can you shed some light, please? LOL, LOL. It's actually crazy that like several articles and credible news sources have like pushed out like Olders or whatever generation is getting scared about freaknik reappearances or whatever, like they're scared about the documentary because of what craziness happened. Yeah, like yeah, that was their drunk partying. Cool. They didn't have cameras and cell phones, so documentation that's slim. You know what I'm saying? If somebody is reluctant enough to give up their personal archives, sure, but like. They got paid off for it. They're not just like, oh, am I going to get fired tomorrow because Shawty didn't see me? But beyond that, like a big, big, big reason Freak Nick stopped was because the spread of like STDs and how many rapes and sexual assaults were happening. And I don't think people sit and think about like, oh, that's what really was happening. Yes. uh, Like, yeah. 
Um, I seen this tweet yesterday that kind of relates to uh, y'all, y'all aunties and mama scared about their doctor crying face. It was like, well, y'all dads and uncles not scared to be uh like put basic- on blast. Yeah, put on blast as a predator because I mean Freaknik is like <laughs> it's the oh, okay. wildest party ever, never told or whatever the name of the doc is. For a reason, like they try to keep it, they we as a I think preceding generation like to keep the glitz and glamour of the '90s like hyped up. But a lot of people were on drugs or recovering addicts. A lot of people were dealing with sexually transmitted diseases. That was off the brick of the HIV epidemic, which largely affected Black people. Um, and Freak Nick was in the midst of all of that. So like. At that, drunk people, broke college students in Atlanta. Ew. Like, you put it into perspective, not just, oh, freak, I'm going to turn up. No, like, no. It was a lot of crazy bad things that you all's culture like to cancel and our culture that we subscribe to like to cancel that 90% of the people that participated it, at Freakney probably would be canceled. So, like, that's just my perspective. The, I'm clips, not... the clips that I've seen so far are pretty out there. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Um, I wonder just how they're going to... I wonder, like, what clips they're going to get because the brief clips that I have seen of people describing Freaknik, like, while there, it's not... I, I think it's, it's going to lead to a very large conversation, I think, about... Um, how we elevate certain things in our culture that might not, that maybe shouldn't be. But, I think um, that for me, at least, and McKenzie, you can jump in. Um, for me, I think that is, but like us as black people, again, people who are in that generation, like preceding this event, we glamorize it. So like it, freak links have tried to be been recreated. Mm-hmm. So many parties themed after it and it's glamorized. <laughs> It's kind of like Hollywood, I guess. I don't know. But nonetheless, it's it's a illusion. It's not real. Because when you poke behind the hose and like actually look at the picture in the glass and you see it for what it is, stuff. it's a problem. It's a lot of bad things. And like for me, the rhetoric around the rhetoric people use, especially men, that's just how we were. I don't like that because that's a lack of accountability. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, I think uh, I've never seen uh, yeah, men I on have, Twitter I've, or men in podcast ever take to ever accept yeah. responsibility. So I'm going to be front row center when this doc comes out, and we will have to report back. All right, boom. So on that note, this has been season three, episode eleven. Thank you, everyone, uh, for listening or watching, depending on where you are. Be sure to like, listen, and subscribe on all of our uh, streaming platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and eventually, if I can get myself together, Am- uh, at, you know, Amazon got that right. <laughs> I forgot about that completely. Here we go. Get it together, Noah. And finally, be sure to check us out on all of our social media. That includes Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at WRGOPod.